1: Be
2: careful as we go through this because somehow in our minds we have this idea. Well, if a person is a homosexual, that's way worse than me this week that cussed out my boss or stole or turned in my income tax, but I was really dishonest. That person there that's living with that person, that's way worse than me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Be careful. Sin is sin. So we're not saying it's okay. But be careful as we go through this.
0: People who call themselves Christians often have the unfortunate habit of looking at the world and its pattern of sin and thinking themselves better because they don't do those particular transgressions. Pastor Mark will be teaching today against that wrong thinking. You'll come to understand that God's standards are what Christ followers should be using, which sometimes might put you in an uncomfortable position you'll find out the reasons for the rules God set in place. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We will be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Exodus chapter 20 as he continues his message, sexual purity.
1: See, the building block
2: of the Bible is one man, one woman, committed to God and to each other for life. That's the building block of society. The other thing that's very interesting to me is God would say, if you follow my boundaries, your sexual drive will find its maximum fulfillment within marriage. Did you know this? That if you're a Christian couple today, it's been proven over and over. If you're a Christian couple, your sexual life is way better than any other group of people. Why? Because you're doing it God's way. Unbelievers, it's not as good as believers. People that are living together without marriage... You'll see later, nowhere near what it is for couples. So see, if we do it God's way, it's always best for us. Number three, God then gives us some warnings about sexual sin. Pastor Mark, what is sexual sin? You're right there in Hebrews. Look at verse four. Let's finish it. Mary should be honored by all. And the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer. No, there's going to be a judgment. You may want to circle this in your Bible. God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. So God defines sexual sin as adultery, which happens after marriage. But then he includes Sexual sin before we're married. So what do I do with that statement? How do I write that and get it clear on my mind? Now remember, all through here, God is for sex. Here's the next thing you want to write. Any intimate sexual activity outside of marriage is sinful and destructive. Well you say what do you mean by sexual activity? Let me list some for you. And I'll have more as I go through. Sexual immorality means sexual intercourse before marriage. The Bible quite often uses the term fornication it just means having sex before you married. It includes homosexuality, it includes lesbianism, it includes bestiality, it it includes incest, and of course, obviously, it includes adultery. Well, how do I know that? Well, here's some of the words, and we won't go to the Old Testament and show all those other things, but all those words I just used, incest, bestiality, all that, that's all in the Bible. Those warnings are all in the Bible. God already knew that man's heart would be very wicked, and he'd go weird with it. And so he said, no, no, there's going to be judgment if you do that. Notice what 1 Corinthians says. Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality, the key word in all of this is practice, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, how serious? Just look at that for a moment. How serious is that? God says if you and I practice, practice, it's a lifestyle. If we practice having adultery affairs, sleeping together before we're married, all these sexual sins, homosexuality, lesbianism, if we practice these things and never make a repentance, never ask God the changes, never move from that lifestyle into a holy lifestyle that has sexual purity, notice, none of these people will ever get to heaven. How serious is it? But let me stop right here. Let me ask you a question. How many of you this last week sinned? Let me see your hand. Come on. That's good. Those of you who aren't raising, you know, you already know the deal, don't you? You lied. You sinned. Okay. So, be careful as we go through this because somehow in our minds, we have this idea well, if a person is homosexual, that's way worse than me this week that cussed out my boss or stole it. I turned in my income tax, but I was really dishonored. That's That person there that's living with that person, that's way worse than me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Be careful. Sin is sin. So we're not saying it's okay, but be careful as we go through this. The topic today is sexuality. So... As we begin to look at that, it says we have to be careful of sexual activity outside of the marriage relationship as well. Let me read a question that I found on the internet, came into a Christian counselor. Could be written by anybody in this church or any of our campuses. I'm a Christian teenage girl practicing abstinence. I have a boyfriend who has the same morals as me and who also wants to wait until marriage To have sex. Right on. My question for you is this. Is oral sex the same as sexual intercourse? Does it count as having sex? Is oral sex sexual sin? Great question. The church inside is confused. The world outside is definitely confused. Let me just say this to you. Sexual sin includes oral sex, premarital sex, friends with benefit sex, undressing, touching someone that you're not married to sexually, and even, this shouldn't surprise you, sexual dancing. Do you remember a movie that was very popular? Called what? You got it. Well, Pastor Mark, I didn't say all dancing is. I just said this. You see, you have to understand what God's trying to do. He's trying to protect us until we can let those incredibly powerful emotions be displayed where they should be in marriage. It's not against sex. So Pastor Mark, What do you mean by all that? Let me give you a little clue. Men very often give love and affection to women, to young girls, to get sex. Women often give sex to get love and affection. You see, all the broken homes we have has really made this a bag of worms. Let me give you an illustration with the oral sex one. This young lady and this young man want to remain pure. They ask a question because they can't seem to find it in the Bible. By the way, the Bible talks about oral sex in marriage. In the Song of Solomon, it's fine in marriage. Is it sexual sin? Obviously. So what happens? Well, this young man, he says to her... Maybe they're 20, 21, 17, whatever. I love you. He caresses her. He takes care of her. He brings flowers. He shows her love. He shows her affection. He scratches her back and all that. And he says, you know, what? we're going to keep ourselves. But I really want you to perform all sex on me. And she inside is going, well, I really like him. I don't want to miss him. I don't want to leave him. If I don't, then he'll leave. I need that affection. I don't have that father figure. I guess I'll give sex because it's not really sex. Well, after it's through, what happens? He moves on to the next young lady, and she is devastated again. You multiply that 20, 30, 40, 50. It doesn't change. You see, it's not love, it's lust. And we'll see how that plays out. Now here's another one that we struggle with in our country, actually all over the world. Most of the world's worse than we are. Living together before you are married is simply a sin. God won't bless it. He can't bless it. You know why people live together? Here's how they live together. Very often people live together because the man will not make a commitment. My wife and I have been married 42 years. You know why we're still together today? Because I'm afraid she'll kill me. (laughs) That's exactly right. My wife's something else. No, we're married today because 42 years ago, we made a commitment to each other and to God. If we didn't have that commitment, we've talked about this, we'd have been divorced many times. If you're living together, it's right Smack in your face a sin. Now, when we begin to think about that, what happens with this marriage relationship and living together? Well, when you live together, all kinds of things go wrong. All kinds of things don't fit together. Couples who live together before marriage, here's a 50-year study. Couples who live together before marriage have a 50% greater chance of divorce than those who do not. But you know, one of the amazing things when I talk with couples, and we do this a lot, when I talk with couples that are living together, here's one of the things they say to me. I don't know if we're compatible unless we live together. Hey, I've been married 42 years. We're still not compatible. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? By the way, I can tell you this up front. If she's a woman and you're a man, you are compatible. Do you know what I mean? It works. Did you get it? We're talking about sexuality. Did I go over your head or what? It works. Plumbers, you know what I mean. Male fitting. It works. It works. All right. right. Here's another great study. You would think if you look together and do all this, we've discovered that if, if you take these things that God has put here, and you just cast them aside, and you live together, we've discovered that after you do get married, there's less happiness in the marriage, and there's way less sexual fulfillment. But see, nobody told you that up front. God did. He said, don't go there. Now, what if you cross the line? You're here. Here's what you do. Stop it now. Call the office on Monday. We'll counsel you. We'll have a pastor meet with you. We'll find a way to get you separated. We'll get you headed down the right path so you can do it God's way. Don't continue to crash your plane. God wants to change you. He wants you to do marriage his way. Call us. We're not against you. We're for you. That's why I'm teaching this. And we've done that with many couples all the way through these last 17 years. It's our pleasure to teach you how to do it right. Now, the problem is, in the Old Testament, most of the things we talk about are external. Actually going to bed, actually having sexual intercourse, external. Jesus added to the guidelines of sexuality. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5 in your Bibles. Matthew chapter 5. And you'll notice that Jesus does something very different. He actually moves from the outward to the inward. And he teaches that sexual sin is more than just physical. Matthew 5, verse 27. Jesus says this. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. In other words, he agrees with the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament, obviously. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Let me reread that. And any of you that looks at a man lustfully has already committed adultery with him and her heart. Remember I told you before, be careful about judging, be careful about being critical. Guess what? Whoops. Everyone here is guilty. I'll have more to say about that later. Everyone that's listening to me is guilty. So what is lust? Lust is simply the selfish desire for what is forbidden. Now, the look that Jesus is talking about here is not a, not a casual glance. I mean, God doesn't say, okay, just go out in the world and keep your eye. If you see anybody coming, just close your eyes. That's foolish. He's not talking about that. He's talking about a constant stare with the purpose of lusting. Jesus is not talking about us looking at attractive men and women. It's not the first look that's a problem. It's the second look. And when we begin to do that, whether it's a woman looking at a man or a man looking at a woman, what we do is we go away from the very nature that God made us. You see, when I look and you look and we begin kind of fantasizing or undressing or doing whatever in our mind, we're not touching the person. We would never go there. We're proud of that. But if we're not careful... We begin to look at this person not as a whole person, but as their parts. When we get married, we don't marry parts, we marry the whole person. See, when we start looking at parts, we become like an animal. God didn't make us an animal, He made a spirit. And so we have to be very careful whether it's a woman. Or a man. By the way, some of you ladies would say, Well, I don't have any trouble with all that. No, we know that about 25% of Christian women are hooked on pornography, men. So we all struggle with this. And the next thing you want to write is simply this Sexual sin starts in our hearts and our minds. It is lust and it's not love. So Jesus says, We may never commit physical adultery and be very proud of that. But we can be committing, well, adultery in our thought lives on a routine basis. So Jesus says, hey, it's good to be pure in actions. Good job. But you would be better be pure in your attitudes as well. There should be no sexual sin in bed, and there should be no sexual sin in our hearts. See, Matthew 15, 19 says, from the heart come adultery in all sexual immorality. Well, this looking, this issues from the heart, of course, includes, as I've said, lust and pornography, even fantasizing. All of these are just as sinful... To God is physical sex in. Now, don't get this wrong. Some people have taken this to the wrong degree. Well, if I've already committed adultery, I might just physically go ahead and do it. That's foolish because when you do it without actually having the physical part, it's kept to yourself. When you move to the physical, then you affect he, her, their family, other people, all kinds of stuff. Be careful. God is looking for inward Spiritual purity. Again, why is that so important to him? Why is sexual purity so important to God? Is God against sex? Absolutely not. But he knows if you and I practice sex outside of marriage, it will cost us spiritually, emotionally, and physically. The Bible teaches us over and over again that sexual sin is one of those sins that causes us bondage. So many people today are slaves to pornography. It's bondage. Well, Pastor Mark, how do I do this? Glad you ask. Number four: how to be sexually pure? Turn with me in your Bibles to First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians, let me read this: Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. If you turn to First Thessalonians, I'm going to give you six R's. We'll write them down as we go. By the way, there'll be a help for every single one of us here, all of us, as you go through it. It is a serious subject. It is something that you and I must understand, or will destroy our lives. First Thessalonians chapter 4, look at verse 3. It is God's will. That you should be sanctified, in other words, set apart for him. That you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control, notice, his own body. So this is for me, it's for my wife. She has to do her own, I have to do my own. In a way that is wholly inaudible, not in passionate lust, like the heathen who do not know God. First of our six R's. Number one, remember God's rules are best. When we approach this subject like we do any others, remember it is God who is the one who knows best how for us to live life. God is the one who knows how to help us enjoy flying and how to land safely. God's ways are always best, but Satan Loves to lie to us. And you'll see as we go through these that his lies always lead to headache and destruction. In the book of Romans, we're simply told this. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. In other words, outside of here, the world says what I began with. You can have sex with whoever, whenever, whatever, however. Enjoy. That's what everything in our society shouts to us. Advertising, television, all the uh, shout to us. No, don't let the world squeeze you into that mold. That is not the right way to handle our sexuality. So I have to think God's way. That's why we're studying it today. Second, It's not enough to write these six R's down and go, got it, I'm taken care of. No, you can't just think about it, you have to practice it. And so James says, be a doer of the word, not just a hearer of the word. So you have to get these things into our lifestyle. The second R, realize that all of us are tempted in the sexual area. I know some of you probably thinking, well, I'm older, I'm not really tempted in this area, whatever. That's wrong. All of us are tempted. With Jesus' definition of adultery, every single person, man and woman, we've all committed sexual sin. Period. Done. Finished. It's there. We've all crossed the
0: line. Today, Pastor Mark talked that as wonderful as the physical aspect of marriage can be, that's only one part of God's plan for marriage— You were reminded that it's impossible to live your life God's way without the Holy Spirit. Pastor Mark mentioned again that sexual sin, like other sins, has its origin in your mind. You were told again about the importance of having your mind cleansed by the Holy Spirit. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will finish this message, Sexual Purity. You'll learn why the worldly thinking that there is no harm in looking is a violation of God's law. Pastor Mark will give you six R's to help you overcome sexual temptation. You'll find out that if you have sexual sin in your past or present, God can give you a new start and lead you to success in this area. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, 10 Living Words. That's next time on Lessons for Life.
1: in a